Well, we always ask you guys to write in and send us questions. And today we're going to answer some of those questions. There's some good ones on here too. We're talking yeah. about, I don't know, close little ears. We're talking about sex, <laughs> pornography addictions, uh, people who are separated. They're asking, bringing questions mm. about what to do, um, jealousy, anger, you name it. I think it's going to be in this conversation today. So we're excited. Excited? Is that the right word? We are anticipating yes. a good discussion. So we'll see you on the other side. Selena Frederick, this week is history in the making, at least for the Fredericks. It's history in the making. And if you're not aware, we are, as of, so this episode will release the mm-hmm. Tuesday, which is the week of the first ever Beers Families Conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm, in this moment, a little trepidatious and excited. <laughs> We've got our friends, John and Becca Lovell, flying in from Georgia mm-hmm. to present. We've got pastors from our church also teaching. We've got some ladies from our church teaching in the women's seminars. We've got other men from our community teaching in the men. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. I'm, anti- I'm anticipating. It's been a lot of work. Sleep is on short supply these days. <laughs> Are you excited? I'm excited. Okay. I Yeah, there's a few loose ends that I need to tie up, of course, but... You know, it's, it's, we're doing it at our church, which feels like a second home already. And Mm. it's so encouraging to just be able to share and bring everything that we're going to bring. So, (laughs) and I, and we won't talk too much about it, but I think it's, it's, it's an apt time to talk about it because it's the only time we'll ever have a first first family's conference. First, first. Yeah. And so as we were envisioning this now, of course we've envisioned it for years, but never really felt the green light. We felt like God finally said, Yeah. This is the year. Make yeah. it happen. Yeah. And we, we were like, okay, is it a marriage conference or is it a parenting conference or is it a culture conference? And then he said, well, let's have it be all of those things. <laughs> it's a and family so, conference. It's a family conference, but we're talking about biblical manhood, biblical womanhood. Yeah. And we talk about marriage, marriage in terms of culture, in terms of our own lives, and then also parenting mm-hmm. and what it means to shoot our arrows, so to speak, mm-hmm. out into society, into the future, into an infinity and beyond. Okay. <laughs> So we're excited for it. Um, but yeah, just know that uh, we're doing Q&A here because we got a lot of uh, moving parts. And we well, wanna, it's a prime time. It's a prime We've time. We've had some questions backing yeah. up in the old hopper. Yeah. So if you don't know who we are, my name is Ryan. This is my lovely, beautiful, wonderful, perfect wife, Selena. Absolutely. What's the what's the Mary Poppins thing? Practically uh, perfect in every way. Practically perfect in every way. You're so sweet. Um, yeah. So we're the Fredericks. We do the Fierce Marriage Podcast on Tuesdays, Fierce Parenting on most Thursdays. Right now we're in the rhythm of every other week for that simply because of just time constraints. Um, but we pray that still blesses you. We want to say welcome to our nearest uh, members of the Fierce Fellowship. Our newest, not nearest. Thank you. I don't know where these people live. Newest. They could be the nearest. <laughs> well, you're part of it. You're right here. That's true. So anyway, Matt, welcome. Paul M. Welcome, welcome, Sir Paul M. Uh, Zach and Marin Barrett. Yeah, welcome. either Marin or Marin. Yep. Marin. And then also Sherman and Danny with an I. Gardner. Welcome to the Fierce Fellowship. We're overjoyed to have you with us at some point. um, We'll get in there and do uh, another post. (laughs) It's been a little while. There's so much has happened. Yes. We're thankful. Okay. So, Selena, many of these questions, of course, all of them come from our listeners. By the way, if you have a question and you'd like to submit that, we would love that because we might do it in the near future. We might do it um, later on. It's fiercemarriage.com slash ask. That's A-S-K. That's how you can get access to that form. Um, Again, fiercemarriage.com slash ask. You can ask your questions there. And that's where these questions all came from. So boom, there's a baby. (laughs) Yeah. we were. I was going to read the first question and then our baby started crying. And so Sunny's here with us. 
I went up to go get her <laughs> and she was kind of just fussing because she was waking up. And then as soon as she saw that it was me and not you, <laughs> that's when the real tears started. Falling. So right. she's happy to have mama. Okay. So I've read most of these questions, um, well, all of them ahead of time. And Selena, you've seen many yeah. of them. Yeah. Not all of them. Well, they've come in many shapes and forms and sizes before, but yeah. yes. So we're excited to conquer, not conquer them. Here's the first one. I don't know about excited again. That's not the right word here. We're ready. We're ready. Because I'm not one. excited about people having problems in their marriage. That's, But also the Lord uses it to sharpen us. Yep. Okay. Here's okay. the first one again. What does the Bible say? There goes the screensaver. <laughs> what does the Bible say about using contraceptives? Is it biblical to purposefully wait to have kids for a couple years? So this came from someone who didn't leave a name. So we'll say Anon. Anon. If you listen for a while, it's Selena's you know. good friend. <laughs> Selena's good online friend. Okay. Here's the thing. Bible doesn't talk about contraception. Mm -mm. And so um, it's up to us to discern what contraception is and line that up with what the Bible says about issues related to contraception. Right. Also, what does the Bible say about children that they are a blessing? And sure. so there are arrows in the, in our quiver. They are, yeah. we're supposed to have so you can wish. <laughs> faith like a child. There's a lot of children in the Bible mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Children are good in general. And that's part of the big cultural mandate that started way back in the garden. Be fruitful, multiply, mm. fill the earth. Well, how are you going to fill the earth? Uh, you're not going to fill it with some substance. You're filling it with children, your children's mm -hmm. children, you're multiplying. And so that's the big question here that we have to, have to answer first. And we want you married people to think biblically. We're not just, we're not just trying to logic our way through these questions. Yeah. We want to look at what God has said. It is the foundational premise. He is the foundation mm -hmm. of all of this. So let's, let's talk about this first, the second part of the question. Is it biblical to purposefully wait to have kids for a couple years? Mm -hmm. Um, this is hard to really, I think, draw clear lines on because if you want to be black and white, you can say, well, kids are a blessing. Why would you not want a blessing? Therefore, boom, have as many kids as you can as soon as right. possible. There's oh. a thing called the quiverful movement. Yeah. And it's just quiverful is the idea is like you, as many babies as you can possibly have, the as better. The Lord, yeah, as the Lord gives you, I think. Yes. And you're trusting the Lord with that. And there's something very beautiful about that. Now, we waited much to our chagrin. <laughs> much. Much. Nine years in, into our marriage. We got married yeah. young. We're 20 years old. So we thought we got time. Well, pretty soon you're in the middle of your mid, your twenties and you're thinking, well, we, we waited this long. Let's just, let's well, wait we just felt year. like let's we were in the year. middle of things and it's like, yeah, you're always in the middle of things. <laughs> and so on this side of parenting, having been parents for nearly a decade, yeah, um, we now think, man, we should have started much sooner. Yeah. Now, then I wonder, well, okay, if we had started sooner, then where's the dominoes fall after that? Like, right. And God, we, we would have made different decisions. Yes. God is sovereign through it. We trust that he is guiding us, whether we think so or not, he is yeah. guiding and using our situation. We were for just glory. in different circles that were taking a lot more agency, uh, yeah. I think in control in that situation, in whether or not they were going to have children or not. And we had a few friends that were like, just always trying to have babies. They just always were. And it wasn't, we, we were kind of like, yeah. hmm, we didn't understand I think to the depth and the beauty and the, we didn't understand the blessing of yeah. children. So again, we're, we got to think biblically about this and put right, uh, right terms to things. Okay. So why would we want to wait to have kids? Um, many times the reasons why a couple's wanting to wait is because uh, they've got careers they're chasing. Um, a husband and a wife both think they, they have a, some sort of intrinsic right mm. um, to a career. Now I think husbands need to earn. I think there's a, there's, there's a biblical precedent for that. 
but and women women can earn, but again, I think the orientation, the primary yeah. orientation, is towards the home. That's it. It's, and there's a primary, secondary kind of way to order these things. But this idea that we have a right to a career—that's very Western. It's very modern yes. to say, "I want to have a career as a means of self-actualization." Hmm. So, and a lot of times you're surrounded by cultural pressures, and, and with your friend group, with whatever, maybe your church culture, you know, it lends itself to this sort of thing. Mm. That was our experience. Yeah. Um, and so, I just want to question the underlying premise that it's even, yeah, you know, now if you think, well, we want to work on our marriage, we want to be better spouses before we're parents. Um, I think the, the the idea of being a better spouse is obviously good, but yeah. the idea that children are going to get in the way of that, I think might be um, worth questioning. Absolutely. And in fact, I think our children have made us better mm. at, at marriage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now we are. So, it's a bit of sink or swim, I think. Now, <laughs> in terms of, we have to get through these questions here. In terms of contraception, contraceptives, there's two types of contraception. Mm-hmm. Broadly speaking, there's what are called abortifacients, which are effective they're, they're killing, uh, they're, they're killing a uh, fertilized egg. Right. And then there's those that uh, they don't allow the egg to be fertilized. Mm-hmm. Regardless on where you fall in terms of whether or not waiting is okay scripturally, mm-hmm. I think there are versions of contraception that are inherently evil. Anything that kills a fertilized egg is killing a human being. Mm-hmm. Life begins at conception. We see that precedent in scripture. This isn't something that Ryan and Slater is coming up with. I think it makes sense logically because you have two, you have unique DNA, unique mm-hmm. blood type. You have a unique soul. You have unique, like just because yeah. it's small and not, hasn't taken shape yet. doesn't mean that it's not a, a full human being. Mm-hmm. The full potential is there and therefore it is a full human. We see that precedent in scripture. So I will say anything that kills yeah. a fertilized egg is off the table. Off the and table. I think it should be illegal across the board. Um, that's a, that's a big conversation, but that's just where I'm going to sit on it. Yeah. That's where we're going to sit on it. Now, in terms of things that aren't abortifacient, so condoms is something that is, you know, the, an option. It's 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 preventing fertilization. Right. I think there's even things for women, like cups, like I don't know how to say it, but it just catches everything so called? that you don't um diaphragm. Is that what they're called? It's something like that. It's like a newer we've type never one, um and then <laughs> not to get too personal. Uh and then the uh uh what's the other one? Just like timing. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so this is a longer question. You want to read this? Oh, no, it's, it's, it's written by a man, so I'll read it. <laughs> I've been married 16 months and my wife has filed for divorce. I'm living in my car now. She won't talk to me, so I have to communicate through my father-in-law. I have a few anger problems that I'm getting help for, but she doesn't believe it will change and has no faith in me to change in a healthy way. Mm. I go to therapy once a week, a church group for men once a week, and at church, I lead anger and addiction class once a week. We have been separated for two months and I feel like I'm losing her. I pray about this a lot and God has kept her centered in my heart. What do I do? This is from mm. Billy. First off, Billy, I'm very sorry to hear this. Um, this is a caveat for all these questions is that without knowing the situation, without knowing you, without having walked alongside you for any period yeah. of time, it's going to be very hard to give helpful information. So I think what we can maybe do is just ask some questions and right. hope that right. questions would unearth something. Um, so... As I lo- I understand. Go ahead. Sorry, I love that he's just saying he's been praying a lot. He feels like God has just kept her mm. at the center of his heart. Um, I guess just the encouragement was just to keep keep pursuing her. And yeah, like you said, we don't know the entire story. We don't know her side and we don't know all of it. But, you know, the Bible tells us what God has brought together, let not man separate. And mm-hmm. so how can we, 
you know, what are some of the questions that we would ask that might be helpful in this situation? What is your faith like? It seems like you're pressing into the things of God yeah. in terms of praying and going to, you know, people who can lead you in church and whatnot. Yeah. But what is her faith like? Mm -hmm. Because if she is not reading from the same book, um, I'm not going to mince words. You've got an uphill battle because right. she, what under on what basis is divorce bad? On what basis is love worth fighting for? Mm. This is why we tell young couples early on. I know Billy, this is not you any longer. You're you're already married. But we tell young couples like you have to choose very very carefully because mm -hmm. beliefs matter more than you in your age. Yeah. Most often you're young. You don't realize it. Yeah. When the rubber meets the road, when you get squeezed, that's when you see what actually comes out. And when they actually, when when it's based on scripture, you can say, okay, it's hard, but divorce is still not an option. Right. Right. And we're in agreement on this. And so we're going to yeah. work through this. And so what do you do? Um, well, Billy, I would, I would say, keep doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Keep praying like you're praying. Pray faith-filled prayers. Would it be wise or encouraging to say, keep pursuing her? Again, you don't, we don't know the situation. Maybe just pursuing her in prayer, pursuing but, her. Yes. Generally, I'd By say ever, whatever means is, that, yeah, it's going to come down to why she's actually moving this direction. Is it because she's given up on marriage or is it because she's so hurt by you? If she's hurt by you for whatever reason and she, want, she wants to be yeah. reconciled, um, then that's always going to be way better than she's checked out and she's just trying to move on with her life. Right, right. But God can do miracles in We've seen it. either situation. We've seen it. Yeah. And so I would just say, keep doing what you're doing. Pursue her, maybe up the ante in terms of how you're pursuing her. Um, gifts, um, gestures, things that you think would speak to her to, to show her your love. Now she's very much so could be walking in sin. And so she's going to need the Holy spirit to lead her to repentance mm -hmm. and to turning away from that sin. And you certainly can't be the Holy spirit for her. Right. That's where the prayer comes in. Okay. Hopefully that was helpful. Um, number C. C. <laughs> <laughs> I'm newly engaged and my fiance used the term own me in regards to being the husband and head of household. Mm. And I disagreed about it due to the fact that I don't feel I'm anyone's property. So then he goes on to say, read the Bible and get back to me. <laughs> <laughs> I have no problem in submitting to my future husband and him being a leader, but I guess I want to know your opinion in that aspect as maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't like the terminology or the attitude behind it. Would love it if you could address this or if you have a podcast or something, let me know. Thanks. Another question from Anon. Yeah, I don't, I think the word own is never used in the Bible in terms of submission. I have been doing a lot of studying on submission lately and I, that's not, I don't know the translations, but I'm pretty sure that's not what it means. No, it's not in there. Because if, yeah. I think she kind of answered part of her own question that I don't know that it is necessarily, and we can talk about this, a problem of submission. I think it's, it's the, the heart attitude and mm. orientation towards her and using the term own. I don't know that a, a, a leading godly husband would use that term no, with his wife. No. So, Nor would he say, go read your Bible and just get back to me. <laughs> it's like maybe he should read his Bible and lead you guys right. in that, practice leading that conversation. But yeah, I think honestly, here's what I see. I see some immaturity. Yeah. I see some immaturity and some lack of wisdom and lack of uh, discernment and frankly, just care for, for yes. his bride. He, he probably loves you. I mean, you're getting married. Hopefully, yes. Uh, but he's clearly <laughs> immature. Or maybe he caught caught you in a moment that it sounded worse than he meant it to sound. Like this is one of those things you want to clarify. Yeah. And you, I, I would ask questions. I would encourage this couple to really you. I would I would encourage you to press into this issue gently together and say, mm -hmm. 
Okay. Then say this to your husband. I want to submit to a godly man. Like, think about that. And the way you phrase that is I, as a, as a godly wife have a desire to submit to a godly man in a godly way. You're going to have to untangle what that word submit means. And the beauty of it is, is it is actually is a beautiful term. It's not in any way what the feminists would have you think Um, it's far better. So based on how this is worded, it seems that this woman is very open to just walking alongside her husband biblically and just needs maybe some more care and maturity in how that looks. Yes. Yes. I I would definitely say have that conversation as her future husband. Uh, Yeah. There needs to be care in regards to how you talk to one another beginning, especially I think in your engagement. I mean, it feels like sometimes you're giving yourselves the best of each other in those times. And so if this is the best, then we need to like pull the reins back or we need to kind of define our terms a little bit more and ask some good questions because yes, we're, we're all called to submit to the Lord and we are all, we all belong to him. Right. But he does not just Lord it over us. Like Christ came not to be served, but to serve. right? Right. And so Look to your look to your model of Christ and submission, and yeah. you will you will find all the answers. <laughs> now, I will say this: we'll, we'll we'll cap it off with this. As much as your husband could think that he owns you, I think you, as a wife, could think you own your husband, and that there's conjugal rights that go both ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's uh, and and that's not a gotcha. It's a no. yeah. listen, pal. If you really want to go down this road. Let's talk about what this looks like to yeah. be, you know, and by the way, Christ is the one who you're modeling after as the head. And guess what? Christ went to the cross. He was the one that hung on the cross. Mm-hmm. He was the one that, you know, drank the cup of God's wrath mm-hmm. for us, for his bride. Yeah. Okay. So there's no power dynamic here. Mm-hmm. It's, it's order not, yep. and it's rights and it's, and they're God given rights, not rights that we claim are for yeah, ourselves. It's, so yeah, it's not a competition. Um, I've heard it's called a dance the between authority and um, submission. Yeah. So I just see, I see, so I just see some immaturity. Um, yeah. Thankfully you can grow. Next question. My husband has struggled with porn for years and I've expressed how much it hurts me. I've found out he's looking at provocative women on Instagram. We're both Christians and saved by God, but this is something that he really struggles with. I pray to God to convince him on this matter and show him what he's doing is not right. It hurts knowing that my husband is looking at other women to find pleasure. How can we get through this? Should I talk to our pastor as a mentor on this problem? Thanks so much. The hurt wife. Yeah. So she, just a correction there on the word. You said, I pray that God would convince you. She actually wrote convict. I pray to God to convict him on this matter and show him what he's doing is not right. Yes. We've done many an episode on this idea of porn. And I think it's hard to, it's very hurtful and destructive. It's hard as a wife, I think, to know how to uh, address it when it comes up in your marriage. Mm -hmm. Right. And so uh, you're hurt. You, you want it to end. You don't want to be the policeman, but at the same time, you know, we are committed to, I'm committed to you. I'm committed to, to helping you to walk through this. Uh, and there's gotta be an, a, a genuine repentance on your side as well. And so mm-hmm. by all accounts, it's very messy and it's very hard to build trust again, but it's not impossible. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so how do we get through this? I mean, I, I don't know the relationship they have with their pastor. Um, yeah, it's really tough to speak to specifically. There's a lot of tools and resources out there right now that wives can use. And yeah. Um, what is the one? It's Pure Desire and 
Beyond Betrayal. Beyond Betrayal. There it is. Uh, Beyond Betrayal, I think, is really helpful for ladies, but that is coupled with Pure Desire, which is a, a men's program yes. for breaking free of sexual addiction. So here's the key here. He has to be involved yes. <laughs> in breaking free from it. And for him to be involved, he needs a change of heart, not just a change of demands. Yeah. Because an addict is an addict until he has a change of heart, and that takes a work of God. It takes the man stepping up yeah. and seeing the sin for what it is. This is one big problem that I think we've we've created in our culture over the last 50 years, especially in Christendom, where we have modeled a version of cheap grace mm. that has made us forget the depth and the depravity of our own sin. Yeah, And when we don't question our salvation enough, and here's what I mean by that, work out your faith with fear and trembling. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's not work out your faith with nonchalant yeah. disregard for habitual sin. It's true. Yeah. Okay, now, hear me. Who Christ sets out to save, he saves. Salvation is not dependent on us in any way. It's on him. I'm passionate about this topic with men because we treat sin so lightly when it is an affront to God. We just read this morning about uh, the golden calf when yeah. Moses came <laughs> down off Sinai and they are... They, they're like, he's gone for a couple of weeks and he's like, right. they're like, what happened to Moses? We need a God right now. Let's create a calf. Yeah. Aaron said, okay, well, let's give me all your gold. We'll, we'll forge something together. Now behold, your gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Okay. So he, Moses comes down there partying, worshiping this calf. Moses rightly flips out. Yeah. They had such a light view of this insidious sin. Yeah. They were a stiff necked people as, as the Bible describes them. <laughs> and Moses looks at Aaron and said, what have you done? Aaron says, I put the gold in the fire and this calf came out. <laughs> Remember that? Just spineless. Like, yes. <laughs> Absolutely spineless. And yeah. He's like, and what did Moses do? Okay. Like, he set the godly men of Israel against the Levites yeah. and said, go and make this right. And how do they make it right? They killed 3,000 men. Killed 3,000 Israelites mm-hmm. over this sin. Okay. This is our God. Okay. God hasn't changed. Now I'm not saying like we are sit under the grace of Christ, but, mm. but we, we have cheapened our salvation by causing sin, anything less than a complete affront and rebellion to God. Mm -hmm. And so my prayer for this couple and for any couple dealing with pornography addiction, whether it's you or your spouse, is that you would see it for what it is. Because to me, that's the one antidote to it, is you will see the evil for what it is and you want nothing to do with it because of what it does to your God Mm -hmm. in terms of the rebellion it is against him, what it does to your spouse, Mm -hmm. what it means for the, the people involved not just the people on screen, but the people in the entire industry and yeah. what it, the, the depravity and the, uh, and the abuse that it begets in people's mm-hmm. lives. We got to see this for what it is. And so to help the hurt wife here in this situation, I would say, pray. I would hope that your husband comes to his senses. Yeah. And I mean, get, it sounds like they've been dealing with this for a long time. So yeah, get, get somebody involved if you guys have agreed on that. Um, to get, get a pastor involved, get a, get into a group, get into something that is outside of yourselves. Cause Typically that yeah. that's necessary. Okay. Okay. So I think we have time for one more question. Here it is. Selene, why don't you read that one? How do I confront my husband's lack of spiritual growth in a respectful way? He is spending less time getting to know God and it's affecting him. He's less patient, doesn't seem to care to be intimate and doesn't self-reflect. I've tried lovingly to bring it to his attention. He tells me I want to control him. I've also gotten so frustrated. I've brought it to his attention in the wrong ways. Uh, how do I obey first Peter three in a way that helps my husband back to his first love of Christ? Is there anything I can do to help other than prayer? Well, Sandra, if we look at first Peter three, I'm assuming she's talking about the first, uh, one to two verses wives in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husband. So that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. Okay. So she's saying, how can 
her walk with Christ spur her husband on in his spiritual walk as well. I mean, if someone's stepping away from the Lord or not spending much time with the Lord and then resistant to it, I always, I, there's, those are big red flags to me as a wife. I'm just like, what else is, is taking your attention? What else is, is there a weight yeah. that you're carrying that you're not show, telling me? Is there sin that is not being repented of? How can I help you in this situation? And maybe that's one of the questions mm. to begin asking is, this is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm observing. I mean, there are downtimes or like lulls sometimes maybe in your faith. So I guess that would probably be the place that I would start. Which, And yeah. I know that she's probably asked questions. She's just noticing his behavior and it does bring frustration. It's hard to not bring it up in a frustrating manner, right? Like, yeah. I get that. Yeah. It's really tough because in almost every instance, a husband knows his wife is unhappy. He just is struggling to care or he knows that he's not the man he needs to be, but he's struggling sure. to care. For sure. And so I think the wife's asking the right questions is what can I do in regards to my behavior, my right. and, and actions? Um, Cause she knows she can't change him. Right. And winning and so, him over, which is what first Peter three is talking about. I think it just begins with, with prayer and it begins with serving him. I think even when you mm. don't feel like serving him or when he is, you know, it's at those pinnacle moments of like, wow, he sure is not being very kind or loving or honorable. But it's in those moments where you are choosing to love him, be kind to him, to honor him. Those are the mm -hmm. things I think that he will notice and win over. Um, oftentimes, I'm not trying to compare a husband to a child, but I know that I've noticed worse behavior from my children when they aren't feeling connected or when they mm -hmm. are. There's something going on that I don't know about that they're wrestling with on their own. And so. Until that's brought to light, it's really hard to get anywhere. And so I guess I would yeah. just start with questions, start with prayer, start with serving, being kind and doing all the things that you don't feel like doing in those yeah. moments when he's just being extra ornery, I guess. Speaking of extra ornery, we have this baby and oh she's got some plastic. Don't worry, she's safe. Okay. <laughs> she's got some of those bubble wrap things those and she's going things. to town. Uh, yeah, this, you, you mentioned it just really quickly. If I'm speaking to this your husband, man to man, if I'm able to build a relationship and rapport with him, yeah. the first thing I'm going to do is ask about his habits, his daily habits. Like if, if you don't care to be intimate with your wife, mm, yeah. if you don't take the time to self-reflect, if you don't, if you're not pursuing God, like these are all friendship ending things between me and other men. Yeah. Like I, I don't have time. Like we can, I'll disciple you if you want to grow. Yeah. Here's the table. Here's what's at the table. If you don't want it, that's okay. Then we you, can't eat together Yeah. because this is the food that of... Christians, right? And so that's what I would do. Now, you, as a wife, it's hard for you to do that because he already knows all these things. Or at least he's not willing to talk about it with you. Right. And so my prayer is that he would find that he'd be convicted of it, um, that your love for him, as Selena's described, mm -hmm. would maybe lead to that, the Holy Spirit working through you on his heart, mm -hmm. um, and that he would find men in his life that would sharpen him because, um, yeah, mm -hmm. iron needs iron to sharpen. Oh. That's all the time we have for questions today. Uh, I want to make sure that if you don't know who Christ is, you've somehow made it to the end of this video, not thinking that we're crazy. Maybe there's something in you that wants more and you're seeing truth in the God of the Bible. We want you to go all the way. We want you to place your faith in Christ, which means we, we recommend three things. Find a friend who believes in Christ and can show you what that means. Mm. Find a church that preaches out of the Bible who can show you uh, all that Christ is and all he did for you and what it means for your life. If you can't find either of those things, we have a website that might help as well. It's thenewsisgood.com. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for um, your word. Thank you that it, it is always timely and timeless in our lives. I pray that these answers that we've given today would be helpful to the couples who've listened to it. I pray that they would find life in it. I pray that they would grow. In your precious name, amen.
Woo. Okay. The baby's good. <laughs> and uh, this episode of Fierce Marriages. In the can. See you again in about seven days. So until next time. Stay fierce.